Hello, and welcome to the Still To Be Determined podcast, the podcast that follows up on topics from the YouTube channel Undecided with Matt Farrell. I'm Sean Farrell. I'm a writer, and I'm the older brother of Matt Farrell, who is also here. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about Matthew's most recent episode, which was from August 25th, 2020, and it's titled Exploring Tesla's Battery Day and What to Expect. What I expect from Battery Day <laughs> are free batteries. Free, free batteries for everybody. <laughs> I'll really get a charge out of it. Hey! <laughs> <All right. laughs> and I'll stop there. Oh, don't stop, Sean. I like to pack the puns in my videos. <laughs> <laughs> Both positive and negative. Oh! <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, you can see that it runs in the family. <laughs> This is genetic. Yes. So Battery Day is, it was originally slated for sometime in April, if I remember correctly, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. in the springtime. Yep. Did something yep. happen that caused a delay? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they mm. kept delaying it. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. So Battery Day is now when? It's supposed to be September 22nd, I believe. And your video focuses largely on... Not hard data, but a sense of excitement within the company of Tesla. Yes. yes. And people trying to read the tea leaves. And yes. you talk about things like a new production process. You talk about potential increase in storage capacity. One of the things that occurred to me is if you look at the different options that might come out of this, there seem to be three big ones. And maybe you could add more if you can think of any. One would be the power limit increase. One would be environmentally friendly change in processes used. Because mm -hmm. that's part of this, if I understand correctly, that there are yes. components that are minerals that are used. And if they change to other minerals, it would potentially be easier mining or less mining and yes. a positive environmental impact. Correct? correct. Yes. And then another one would be price. I was wondering if you, for yourself, would rank those in the order of that's the big one I'm hoping for, and then down to it would still be obviously these are all good news, but the one yeah. from first to last, what would your ranking of those three be? It would it would definitely be price would be number one. That's the one I think, and the reason I put that at number one is because for the transition to electric vehicles to really we're at a tipping point right now, like within the last year to the next year or two, we're in a tipping point where EVs are going to become cheaper than gasoline vehicles. And once that happens, uh, anybody that buys a gas car is insane because why would you pay more money for a car? That's <laughs> not only more expensive up front, it's going to be more expensive to the, over the lifespan of the car. So we're at that tipping point right now, which is that why was I'm so one of the excited. comments that I noticed yeah. in, there was an interesting conversation going on in the comments which was, there was the meta conversation of the hype is too much. Mm -hmm. And then there mm -hmm. was the detailed conversation, which was people saying things like price point is a problem. You can't, yes. it, like somebody weighed in from the Australia, New Zealand region and said, the price of these cars is astronomically high and our government doesn't do anything to give us subsidies. Yep. So it makes it impossible to purchase these. Yes. Um, which I imagine is, is largely from a supply perspective. You, mm -hmm. 
have to put those cars on a boat and take them to Australia and New Zealand. And I imagine that is an astronomical part of the price for them. Yeah. I- importing them into that country is very expensive. Yeah. So there was that conversation. There was also the conversation about, you know, the, the change of, of price would be good for the overall not just the sale of the car, but also things like power walls and the the spillover into, you've talked recently in other videos about they're almost not a car company anymore. They're almost becoming a power supply company, a battery company effectively. They're an energy company. That's really what they are. So you'd put price first. Yes, yes, 100%. And then next up would probably be the um, environmental aspect where you're using different or better rare earth materials. So like getting to the point where you don't need cobalt anymore in the batteries, which is what Tesla has been striving to do is to get rid of cobalt. And the Q2 call, how he kept saying over and over again to, he kept, he put a public call out saying any mining companies that are doing nickel, please get in touch because we need lots of nickel. And so it's like, that was a, you know, they're trying to get into materials that are, I wouldn't say necessarily easier to get, but aren't, that don't have the environmental impact that some of the other materials do. And is it also a human rights perspective? There, there are a lot of companies like this cobalt, just I believe, yes. I believe that cobalt is, is a human rights mining issue for some countries. Yeah. If you're getting, and so there, a lot of these companies, including like Apple and everything like that are putting requirements on their suppliers to ensure that they're getting good resource cobalt for their right. batteries, but there's still suppliers use third party suppliers and they may not know hundred percent where it's coming from. So it's still an issue and it's a whole bag of hurt, which is why a lot of companies are just trying to get the heck away from cobalt altogether because right. it's expensive and there's the human rights issues around it. So it's just trying to distance themselves. So you'd put a change in power limit last yeah, which is surprising. <laughs> which is surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it, that is important, and that's the thing that in my video I hope came across, which was a lot. I think the, some of the comments about the hype is too much, or we'll, we'll get there, but get your expectations in check. That's kind of where I fall because there are people that have been saying, "Ooh, we think Tesla is going to come out with a solid state battery at Battery Day. It's going to destroy everything." And it's like, no, 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 no. They're, they're not going to be doing that. You need to get your expectations in check. They're not going to come out with a 500 kilowatt, you know, you know, 500 watts per kilogram, crazy high specific energy battery. That's not going to happen on day one. This is more what they're going to show is we are shifting how we're manufacturing. We're shifting how we can do X, Y, and Z. So we cannot make a gigawatt at the gig, the gigafactory. We can make a terawatt of batteries because we can ramp up our production so fast and we'll be able to do it cheaper and we'll be able to produce more cells and we'll be able to do a slightly higher specific energy. And in five years, we'll be able to get to 400 or 500, but it's like, you got to get the expectations in check. It's like, there's been a lot of wild speculation that when I read it, I'm like, Oh God, no. Cause all you're doing is setting yourself up for disappointment. So that was kind of the point of the video was trying to put things in perspective where this is going to be about manufacturing and costs and uh, resources and the drastically higher specific energy will be coming, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be on day one. There were people in the comments for whom the power limit is actually their number one because they live in more remote locations. Yeah. And I think that there's the benefit of where you live, which is in a suburban, close to urban locale where charging stations are plentiful and you're never using your car very far from home. 
Mm-hmm. And even if you do take it on longer trips, you are still within miles, probably at any given moment of getting to a safe charging location. Right. And there were people for whom a 300, you played the quote from Musk and he said that 500, what was it? 500 kilometers Basically, is what he miles, thinks yeah. is going to be the standard. He was just like, just across the board, that's what you're going to get. That's going to be the sweet spot that we're going to hit. And yep. there were people who, for whom that was not enough. And I imagine that there are people in, in the U.S., I can envision people in Midwestern states for whom that would not mm-hmm. be enough. But you have to put it in perspective, though. Because yeah. you have to look at like, what is the majority of people? What are, what are they, how are they using their cars? And the majority of people are not doing that. So are you going to design a mass manufactured car for the 5% that need incredible range or 10% that right. need incredible range? Or are you going to design a mass market car for 90%? And that's what you're going to do, which right. is what he was talking about. And I mentioned in the video, it's like, it doesn't mean that they're not going to offer five, 600 mile range cars, but you'll have to pay for it because those will be the higher end models right. that you'll have to shell out for. Because if you are somebody that needs that, you're going to have to pay for it because you are not the mass market. That also goes hand in hand with what you were saying before, which was your goal is not to change the industry so your battery has a how higher power output mm-hmm. if your production is not, not able to meet the demand. Exactly. And you, put, you meet demand first and hit capacity on demand before you try to increase what you're offering. Yeah. They're trying to make a million cars a year, two million cars a year eventually. It's like more power walls. To do that, you need you need to make those cells go further, not the other way around. It's not that you need a power wall that can last for three days, not that you need a car to go 600 miles. You need more 300-mile cars. You need more one-day power walls. It's like it's that's the math they're playing here because there's limited resources and they're trying to reach as many people as they possibly can with a product that matters. And when you look at like Apple, when they release a new iPhone every year, the internals get slightly better and the cost doesn't change. Do you know what I mean? So it's like there's always kind of a baseline across products where they always come with 16 gigs of RAM in their laptops. And it's like you kind of expect 16 gigs of RAM at the laptop. And it's like just because the RAM prices may drop or the, you know, they may have higher models that offer 64, 128. The vast majority of people are going to be just fine with 16. So that's the base level. And that's kind of like what they're doing here. It's There's going to be a base level expectation of how far a car should go. It doesn't matter what the underlying technology actually is. And that's the thing we need to remember. Yeah. And that also is an interesting analogy because you just mentioned iPhones and laptops. Mm-hmm. Those are two industries that have probably reached a a ceiling of how far they can develop beyond what they currently are and that's something you've mentioned in the past which is several years from now your phone is not going to do a lot more than it currently does right because the technology is kind of maxed out right now tesla's cars have not reached that point but at the same time it's also kind of like going back to that 16 gigs of ram in your laptop it's it goes back to the osborne effect they would be doing themselves a disservice to their company if they suddenly had a base model that was 500 miles and cost the same amount of money. It's like, 
if they set the expectations that that's what happens when they do an update like this, if there's ever a whiff of a future update, people mm-hmm. would stop buying the car to wait for that next big thing. And as a company, you don't want that. It's like because <laughs> you don't want your sales to dry up and then suddenly you can't weather the the gap until the next <laughs> release. Right. <laughs> that's why companies like Osborne went out of business. I I actually, it's as if you are reading my notes. <laughs> because I wanted to go into more detail on the Osborne effect because I, as interesting as the Tesla news is and, and, you know, all the nuts and bolts of, of the car production and the potential change, um, that will come when they make their announcement, whatever it is. I think that your video does a very good job of exploring all of that. We've talked about some of that, but one of the things that made me really want to do a deeper dive was when you mentioned the Osborne effect. And I was wondering, can you go into a little more detail about what was Osborne producing? Because I'm not familiar with this. What were they doing and how did they cut the legs out from underneath themselves? Uh, The Osborne company was a computer company. It was like, if you think about like an IBM computer or the Apple computer, it's like the Osborne company was a company that made computers. And you know, back in the day when they were making computers, you know, you're talking about two, $3,000 for this computer. And the owner of the company, when they were coming out with a new model, he was pitching it as it's going to be revolutionary. It's going to put everything to shame that has come before even our other products. He oversold what was expected out of that new computer. And because of that, all of the orders for his current computers stopped because why would anybody spend $3,000 on a computer that the owner of that company said, our new thing is going to put this old thing to shame? It's like, why, why, why would you spend a dime on that product? So what he ended up doing was cutting the legs out from his current product line, and people waited. And the problem was that the new computer wasn't happening in a time frame that the delivery was too far down the line. And so he ended up drying up his sales and the company couldn't weather the gap to the new computer. And then when the new computer does come out, it doesn't meet ex- expectations and it further compounds things. And it just like, it's like a snowball. It's like he completely, it was a marketing, basically a marketing snafu of a company that completely tanked the company. And so no company since then wants to replicate that. So it's like Apple's very careful not to replicate that. Google doesn't replicate that. Nobody wants to do that because you don't want to see somebody buy, stop buying your new iPhone because they're expecting the next iPhone, even though that does happen in small amounts where people, if you're getting close to September and you know the new iPhone's coming out, you may wait to see what the new iPhone is before you buy it. But by and large, the majority of people don't do that. You need a new phone, you go out, you buy a new phone. And that's the whole reason I brought up the Osborne effect for this specific situation. It's like Tesla does not want people to stop buying Model Ys and Model 3s because they think a new battery pack is going to double the range that they can get for the same amount of money today because that's not what's going to (laughs) happen. It's like in Apple's, Apple takes to an extreme where they say nothing. Like there's not a word spoken of a new product until that product is usually ready to actually launch. Like they'll come out and say, here's a new product. It's available in two weeks. Right. Other companies will sometimes actually leak information about a new product, you know, a month or so ahead of the actual launch to kind of get the buzz going and get some press. But once again, they're carefully orchestrating that 
pretty close to the actual announcement of the product because they don't want to end up cutting themselves at the knees on their current product line. And, and I will say Tesla has been in danger of that happening with this because of the way Elon has been hyping battery day and they hyped it at the very beginning of the year and then it had to get delayed and delayed. And so it's, it's where it normally would have been a few months between his hyping and the announcement. It's now been the better part of a year. And so <laughs> that we've time talked gap. in the past that Elon may not be the best social media manager no. for his own company. He no. does not do, he doesn't always do the company the best service and he doesn't always do himself or society the best service with some of the things he puts out there socially. And I don't bring that up as a, as a moment to litigate it, but. You're hundred percent correct. What he typically does is he overhypes, he delivers on what he's promising but he almost never delivers it on the time scale he promises it. So it's like, if you go back and look at all those things of like, oh, we'll have this by next year. It's like, they didn't, they had it two years later. It's like, it's right. one of those kind of things. And so for him, for this, this was out of his control. <laughs> so sure. I yeah. want to make that very clear. It was like, nobody saw COVID coming. So it's like, he couldn't have predicted this. But at the same time, this is just kind of like a repeat of what's happened where it's like, he hype something and where it should have happened within a few months we're now better part of a year later and it's allowed things to kind of fester and get a little like over speculation and, and the hype getting out of control and people talking about solid state batteries and it's like everybody needs to calm down because you're going to be very disappointed otherwise yeah <laughs> just i think that, that's human nature too it's yeah it's there's always there's excitement and there's hope and and those two things mix together to create hype and you end up with those moments of of just you wait just a couple yeah. of weeks from now and things are going to be perfect. And that's human nature. I mean, pop culture has been over promising what our lives are going to be like for forever. Yeah. Um, wanted to make a slight shift in topic, uh, as our, as our last point of discussion around Tesla, which was your video obviously dropped ahead of the big scandal that, came out of Tesla, not at Tesla's doing, but did you hear about the spy scandal? Yes, I did. So I wanted to talk briefly about that and just kind of, for anybody who doesn't know what I'm referring to, there was a Russian citizen who visited the United States and tried to enlist the help of an employee of a company that did work for Tesla for a million dollars to basically put malware into the Tesla system. And this employee, hats off to him for having, um, Ethics, listening to the morals. angels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listening to the angel on his shoulder, uh, went to his employers and then they contacted the FBI and then worked with the FBI in getting a case against this Russian national and we will make no speculation as to where the money and the interest in doing this comes from as far as you know going deeper into somebody behind the russian national but ultimately the concern is as somebody quickly pointed out this is in an era when we are looking at vehicles doing more and more on their own 
mm-hmm. the idea that malware would be introduced into those vehicles, be they cars or planes or whatever. If a vehicle is in charge of maybe driving itself, the idea of malware being introduced into those things is somewhat terrifying. So I just wanted to bring this up to get your thoughts about the I don't know that you and I have anything to offer to the story other than just a reaction, but I was interested in your reaction to that story. It's terrifying, but this is something that every technology company is having to deal with. It's not just Tesla. It's Apple, Google, Amazon, fill in the company name here. This is the current state of the world that they have to watch out for this kind of thing. And this was about ransomware. This was about installing something on the Tesla system to steal private data and hold it ransom for gobs of money. That's what this was. It mm-hmm. wasn't about suddenly your car is going to drive itself off the side of the road. <laughs> so it's scary in the sense of private data theft in ransom and that Tesla could have been crippled and horribly damaged through this, but it's not terrifying in the sense I would worry my car would suddenly drive out of my garage on its own and go somewhere. <laughs> So it was, it's two different things, but I think a lot of people kind of conflate the whole thing of once the car is hacked or the company is hacked, they can do whatever they want and they can't, but it could have been a horrific event if this had played out. Yeah. And again, you know, you just have to think that the person who was directly contacted with this and did the right thing, um, Mm -hmm. You know, thank goodness that that was the way they went. The, the other side of this, though, is since this, this is actually, from a operations point of view inside of a company, I can guarantee you that the Tesla's operations team, they're pro- since this has come out, whenever this did happen, they've probably started implementing things inside the company to make sure that this couldn't happen. Let's say the company I used to work for, you remember when the Sony, Sony got basically hacked? Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, a few years ago, where uh, there was it made a whole bunch of press because all this private information was stolen from the Sony PlayStation Network and other Sony companies. And the company I worked for was a subsidiary of Sony. And the operational changes that happened inside our business unit, which was not actually hacked, but we were because we were part of the bigger umbrella, we reacted as if we were. Uh, the changes that were made were pretty dramatic and things were put into place that would make that kind of attack extremely difficult to near impossible. Right. Um, it's not just making impervious, but there were changes put into place very quickly. And so my guess would be something similar was done inside of Tesla. This probably shook a lot of people to their core on the security and operations team. So I, I would not be, not that they're impervious now, but like, this kind of thing I think would be harder to pull off now since they've gone through it this once. So mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they move forward. They dodged a bullet. <laughs> they give, they need to give that guy a raise. That's <laughs> what they need to do. <laughs> you should give him a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> so to end the podcast, the way we usually do, um, sharing a little bit of what we are using to distract ourselves in this pandemic era, how we're entertaining ourselves. And just real quickly for me, it was a 
It's been a very busy week where there hasn't been a whole lot of time to try anything new, but I ended up uh, just crossing paths with some old favorites, which were some crazy streaming services that offer tons of stuff for free. And among them are Pluto, which last night I was able to watch the movie Clue for free. And I also ended up stumbling across on a trip recently at a hotel, a number of episodes of old Star Trek that just stood up in ways I didn't anticipate. It was uh, Hmm. some episodes of Deep Space Nine. So I guess for me, it's just a, sometimes it's best just just to kind of follow what's in front of your nose. And that's what I've been doing this past week is just kind of channel surfing and whatever catches my fancy. I've been settling into that and it's been very relaxing. So yeah. And and probably refreshing because it makes you remember happier times. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. To build on to that a couple of nights ago, it was like with all the stuff that's going on in the world right now, I was like, I I, got to watch something that's going to make me feel good about humanity. (laughs) And there's a new documentary that just came out on Netflix. It's really short. It's like 40 minutes. Strongly recommend watching it. It's called The Speed Cubers. And it's about what you probably think. It's Rubik's Cube. People who... (laughs) People who do the solving of Rubik's Cubes, like they'll solve a Rubik's Cube in like seven seconds. Right. Um, there's actual world competitions and things like that that happen. Uh, I actually worked with a guy that actually did enter competitions like that. And it was frightening to watch Brian do these. <laughs> we, we had Rubik's Cubes just on the top of our desks and we'd mess it up and hand it to him. And he would just, his hands would just be this blur of and like seven <laughs> seconds later, he'd go done and toss it down. <laughs> but this, this, documentary is not only is it just a weird esoteric niche of the world you probably didn't know existed uh it is the most heartwarming story because it's about the two best speed cubers in the world and how they've become very close friends Mm. and one of them is australian and the other one is american his name is max uh, park and he's autistic and the relationship between these two, how Max looks up to Felix, who's the guy from Australia and how Felix has kind of taken Mark on Max under his, his, under his wing. And they've become very kind of close and how they compete against each other, but they care for each other very deeply. Um, it's a, it's, it's one of those, it may tug at your heartstrings a little bit by the end in a way that you don't expect. So mm-hmm. it, it made me feel good about the world and humanity to, to watch this little 40-minute documentary on Netflix. So I would right. recommend checking it out. So let us know what you think. Let us know what you guys are doing for pandemic stress relief. You can reach out to us at stilltbdfm on Twitter. You can reach out to me at by Sean Farrell or at Matt Farrell for Matt. He's also available at Undecided MF. Please be sure to watch the latest videos from Undecided with Matt Farrell on YouTube. And you can find the podcast at stilltbd.fm. It's also available to subscribe to through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else that podcasts are found. Please be sure to give us a rating or view and share us with your friends because it really helps the podcast. The podcast helps the channel. The channel helps Matthew. And then Matthew, of course, helps me. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.
Hi, everybody. So both Matthew and I are migraine sufferers, and occasionally a migraine will not pay attention to the podcast schedule. That happened today. So before recording, I had to take a pill for a looming migraine. And the results are what you're about to hear. Because it really helps the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. <laughs> are you all right? <laughs> Take. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened, but I it's need so you, funny. I need you it's to so not funny. talk. I need you to move away from your mic for just 10 seconds so I can finish this sentence. Okay. I'm going to mute myself. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, what happened? I was... I have this all written down as bullet points. Uh-huh. And it's six bullet points total. And between the fifth and the sixth, the final bullet point where I go into that final sentence, I literally thought, well, I think the pill's kicking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. it was simultaneously a I'm feeling a little weird and (laughs) trying to still do that. And in between that, it was this self-awareness that just struck me as being very funny. And then of course, also once I started to giggle the way the pills making me feel, the giggles just went off. It was funny from my point of view because it was just like a mid sentence. It It went, yeah, I completely (laughs) fell off the rails and it was a, it was one of those moments where as it was happening, if it was driving a car, it would be the moment that you are going sideways <laughs> yeah, off the embankment and you're like, whoa, here I go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, was, I, I was in the middle of the sentence and thinking, I'm, I'm going to lose it. I'm losing it. I am losing it right now. Now is the moment that I've lost it. And it was, I could hear it in my voice. I could hear it. Uh, 